how can one magnify their memory ability from where it's currently at? So one thing I actually do recommend as a, a learning hack is if it's something that I need to know and I need to learn it quickly, I definitely try to do my reviews right before I go to sleep because I'm telling okay. my brain this is something important that I need to get into long-term memory and your brain will process it overnight. So you'll a lot of times you'll find you wake up you know the information better than you did the day before without any additional reviews. It's because your brain was processing the information while you were sleeping. Lack of sleep is one of the top three memory killers. So mm -hmm. in the short term, your brain can recover from not getting enough sleep. But if it's over the long term, if it keeps happening, it's going to have a longer term impact and more of a negative impact on your memory and learning ability. We stand today. The business method. The business With method. a shadow. The business method. The business method podcast. The business method podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Business Method Podcast, a podcast featuring high-performing entrepreneurs and high-caliber people dissecting their different methods, tools, and strategies so we can apply them to our businesses and lives. On our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that had built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built seven-figure businesses that can be ran anywhere in the world. And currently, we are interviewing 100 major influencers to get behind the minds and the science of using influence to grow business, affect income, results, economies, and cultures, especially post-COVID. Since we moved into a post-pandemic world, the landscape has changed drastically for most business owners. We're finding out what is working for the entrepreneurs out there that have positioned themselves well to make sure their businesses thrive, succeed, and continue to experience growth in this current economy. And now... Let's hop into today's show. The Business Method. Hey, gals and pals, listen up real quick because we have something exciting to share with you. First, for you high-performing entrepreneurs out there, we've taken the most powerful tips and tricks from over 400 episodes that our guests have shared on how to optimize their own personal performance, and we've made them into digestible micro-podcast episodes that are just two to eight minutes long. These high-performance episodes are being published on Monday and Friday each week and will be labeled as HP number 12345678910 and so on. Those episodes are live now and they're designed for you to consume some quick, high-quality content when you only have a few minutes to spare. So be sure to subscribe to the Business Method Podcast on your favorite app so you can get those delivered to you as soon as they are live. The next thing I wanted to share with you is about our private mastermind community for established entrepreneurs. If you have an established business that has good momentum and wanted to be involved in a higher level mastermind community that is curated specifically for entrepreneurs that are moving at the same speed as you with similar challenges, revenue, team size, and business niche, then we've got a group for you. Our private mastermind groups are facilitated by myself, yours truly, and my good friend, Adam Anderson. Adam is a seasoned entrepreneur who's been involved in 20 plus startups 
startups over 20 years and recently had a multi-million dollar exit. I keep the members on track with their goals, productivity, and optimization, and Adam brings the vast business knowledge to the groups. Our purpose with this private community is to help you reach your business goals faster so you can remove yourself from your company and focus on bigger and better things. You can learn more about that private community and masterminds at thebusinessmethod.com forward slash masterminds. That's thebusinessmethod.com forward slash masterminds. And now let's hop into today's show. The Business Method. Listeners, welcome to the podcast today. I'm really excited to introduce today's guest. His name is Chester Santos, and Chester is the international man of memory. He is one of the world's foremost experts on memory training. Chester is the U.S. national memory champion. He's helped thousands of people all around the world to realize the benefits of an improved memory in a sharper mind. Chester has appeared in the New York Times, Wall Street, Wall Street Journal, San Francisco Chronicle, Washington Post, USA Today, PBS, and CNN. He has also spoken at Berkeley, Stanford, and Harvard universities and many Fortune 500 companies around the world. To win the U.S. National Memory Championship, Chester had to memorize an unpublished poem, recall the names of 99 people whose photos were just shown to him 15 minutes earlier, and remember a list of 20 numbers wide and 25 lines long. He can correctly name each person in an audience of 200 people after hearing their names just once, memorize the entire deck of cards in order in 90 seconds, and perfectly recall all of the Kentucky Derby results since 1875. He has also memorized details about every single member of the 535-person United States Congress, including each senator and congressperson's first name, last name, state, district, number, assigned congressional committee, and special positions held within those committees. That totals to over 4,000 pieces of data. Chester's iPhone application Steel Trap was featured by Apple and became an instant worldwide bestseller. And on the show today, we're going to learn how to unlock your, unlock your mind's hidden potential to easily remember names, facts, figures, presentations, business details, procedures, famous quotes, foreign languages, exam training material, and much more. Chester, man, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on. I have to say I'm thoroughly impressed with your bio there. Um, I do a lot with performance op optimization for entrepreneurs and studying neuroscience. And I love learning about like how the brain works and how we can optimize it better. So I'm really glad to have you on the show. I'm sure you know a lot about this stuff too. Um, so you can share how the brain works with memory and, and how it operates. And, um, but first, before we all get started, I, I, I have to, to ask you, where did your love or inspiration from learning things start? Very uh, good question there. Hard to answer. I'm not sure. I, I always just, since I was a little kid, uh, I really enjoyed learning. I was fortunate to be one that excelled in school. Mm -hmm. um, I was always known for having a good memory just from peers. People would often comment to me, wow, you have a really good memory. And with those comments kind of in the back of my mind, one night I was flipping channels and I randomly happened upon a segment on ABC's 2020. There was a segment on the United States Memory Championship. Uh, it sparked my interest because people said I had a good memory, but I quickly found out when looking into what the best people in the country were scoring in that competition, memorizing hundreds of names, decks of playing cards, hundreds of digits perfectly in just minutes, I knew I wasn't on that level. So that's when I became interested in 
how can one magnify their memory ability from where it's currently uh, from where it's currently at? So I did a lot of research, experimented, found what seemed to work best for me until eventually I, I did manage to win the United States Memory Championship. And since then, I've been training other people around the world and the techniques I think can help them out the most in their career, personal life and help out their kids and grandkids in school. How old were you when you won the, the U.S. championship? So it has been a while now. I won mm-hmm. back in 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in 2021 now. So I, I never reveal my age. People can kind of calculate <laughs> based, based on how old I look. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been a long while now. Uh, well, 2008 so you, is when I won. Well, you look young. So you were pretty young when you won that championship, I would imagine, I'm guessing. But I think that's absolutely fantastic. I'm curious, do you think, you know, I like to talk about nature versus nurture. Do you think, do you have parents that were, or family members that had really good memories as well? Do you think you, you got that from them or it's something you saw and created this placebo effect in your mind and all of a sudden became a prodigy at memorizing things? Yeah. So for my parents, no, at least, well, I've only, I have a, an interesting background in that I've only met my biological father one time. So I don't really know from uh, that, from that side. Okay. My mom, uh, my mom didn't uh, necessarily d- display amazing memory abilities. So in my case, it was probably, I mean, if I had to guess it's nurture, unless my dad, who I don't know very well, has an amazing memory so were remind me how old were you when you first um when you first saw the or started memorizing things and and got an interest in it so when i actually saw the episode it was in the year 2000 Uh, i didn't end up competing until 2003 that was the first time i took third place okay and so at that point i figured okay i got third i I probably can win this. And then I, be, I, I became more and more serious mm-hmm. about my training. And eventually I was able to win it in 2008. How, how many people can com- com- uh, compete in a national championship? Yeah. So it's, it's different uh, every single year, uh, mm-hmm. but never really that many. Uh, I wouldn't say more than uh, maybe like 125 might be the, the record, mm-hmm. record number of competitors so far. In that the requ- the initial requirements are just so high, and I don't think there's that many people that have been training that memory to such a degree. Again, yeah. if you have a really good memory, just naturally like I did, it isn't even close to enough. Uh, basically, if you cannot memorize a shuffle deck of playing cards in at least five minutes... Um, you wouldn't even show up to the United States Memory Championship because wow. uh, memor- memorizing a deck in five minutes might put you in the top maybe 40 uh, people out of the 100 and then, you know, top 10. It's even fa- I-, I memorized it in about 90 seconds, uh-huh. um, a 52-card deck uh, the year that I won it. Wow, that's absolutely fascinating. So the minimum requirements to get into the national championship are memorizing a 52-card deck. Is there any other requirements that they have? Yeah, no. So there aren't any initial requirements in that anybody can enter, but it's televised, especially the year that I won, it was televised on multiple 
uh, channel. So I don't think somebody that couldn't memorize a deck of cards in it and five minutes at minimum, um, I don't think they would show up and put themselves on display for the TV cameras and reporters yeah. if they weren't like uh, serious about it. At, at least at, at that kind of level and probably like at least a hundred digits memorized perfectly forwards and backwards in five minutes. Uh -huh. um, so there's kind of, I think, although not an official minimum entry, probably just a, a, a mental barrier there and that I, I don't think people would want to show up if they're not yeah. at least close to those numbers. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I'm curious about the opportunities that, that came out of you winning the national championship. It seems like the FBI or the CIA might want to knock on your door and say, this guy's highly intelligent. He can remember a lot of things. Maybe we could use him. Um, wh what kind of opportunities like came from, from you winning that? Uh, that's, that's funny. I've heard that in, in the past that I would make a good sort of secret agent or something yeah, using, yeah. <laughs> using, uh, using these types of memory skills. Uh, but no, really, it's helped to build a, a platform for me as a speaker and trainer in the field of memory skills. Uh, upon winning the United States Memory Championship, I was on CNN within like a few days after winning. You get a lot of uh, quite a lot of media attention. It, it uh, led to a lot of initial appearances in newspapers, magazines, different TV shows. And since I've Made and been able to make a name for myself in terms of the training and speaking, it's led to more and more uh, opportunities like those over the years. So it's helped me to build my platform. Uh, it's helped me to really get hired as a speaker in now more than 30 different countries uh, around the world. Wow. What is the most difficult memorization challenge that you've ever encountered? So for me per uh, personally, uh, it's been memorizing the information about the United States Congress, which was more than 4,000 pieces of data. At least mm -hmm. it's the largest scale memory training demonstration that I've done. Uh, I was doing that for part of filming for PBS's Nova Science. Okay. Um, and I, I performed it while they were filming on a stage in New York City for a big uh, audience. So I didn't want to get on the stage and uh, make any mistakes. So I really spent quite a, a long time making sure that I knew it perfectly. But it was it, it was a pretty challenging exercise. I had to know the information not only forwards and backwards, but have random access to it anywhere in the data set like a computer. Mm -hmm. So in other words, people in the audience could just yell out a first name, last name combination Mm -hmm. And I would have to give the state district number and all of the other information about the congressperson from there, or they would just randomly first yell out the state district number. And then I would have to give the first name, last name, and all of the other information from there. So I had to have it, the information again, not only forwards and reverse, but also I had to have just random access like a computer. Right. And how long did it take you to memorize all of that? I didn't really uh, keep a journal or anything mm -hmm. like that, but I would say it definitely took me weeks and I was spending hours a day for four weeks on it. I'm curious, Chester, like a guy like you, like what type of books do you like to read? I'm sure there's some, some, you know, memory books out there, but, but, but what are some of the books that kind of entertain you and, and keep you fascinated? Yeah. So I've obviously as someone that would, you know, take the time to, 
get into this field, compete in something like something intense like the United States Memory Championship. Uh, I've always been into personal development. And so personal development books, um, one of my favorites, How to Win Friends and Influence People. You've probably heard of that. It's a great book. One of the most popular uh, personal and business success related books uh, ever written. I'll quote that a lot in my presentations when talking about names. Um, So just those in the personal and uh, professional, I guess, lately now professional development uh, fields. Very cool. Okay. So let's talk about some techniques. What do you think, Chester? And I know you're going to work us through an exercise, but, but just offhand, what, what's the simplest way to that we average folks can start, uh, improving our memory or doing things to help us memorize more? Yeah. So there are three main principles that I think I should go over before we get into uh, an, an interactive exercise that people can follow along with. Principle number one is just visualization is very powerful. Mm-hmm. So turn whatever it is that you want to remember somehow into something that you can see. Um, we will, as an example, a lot of us will run into someone that we could have met years ago. A lot of times we remember their face, right? We know that we've met them somewhere before, but we were completely blank on the name, right? Right. Uh, another example related to that, let's say you go to a party, you meet a lot of new people. Two weeks after it's over, you're talking with one of your friends that was there with you, and your friend describes someone to you. Your friend says, hey, Chris, remember that attorney that we met at the party a couple weeks ago? As your friend is describing the person, a lot of times you can picture who they're talking about. Your mm-hmm. friend can obviously also picture who they're talking about but neither one of you can remember the name. And it's really frustrating to uh, both of you. A third and final (laughs) example related to this that I think everyone can relate to. How many times have you been describing to a friend or family member an actor from a TV show or movie? Oh yeah. You can picture who you're talking about, right? Uh But you can't come up with a name. It's really frustrating. So those three examples illustrate in terms of names that we tend to be really good at remembering people's faces, but we're not nearly as good at remembering the names. It makes sense because when you interact with people in various ways, you see the face, it's recorded into your visual memory, but the name is something much more abstract to your brain. So one thing that I do recommend for remembering names, we can get into names in more detail later if there's time, but a quick tip now is just to turn it into a visual. So if I meet someone named Mike, Maybe I'll visualize a microphone. If I meet someone named Alice, I might picture a white rabbit because that reminds me of Alice in Wonderland. Okay. So with all of that, I've given you there a tip for names and I think better explains the power of visuals and why it's so important to try and picture the information that you want to remember. Well, our mind so, works in pictures, right? Like that's, it makes complete sense. And when we associate those together, then it makes it easier to remember. Exactly. So that's one very important thing. Okay. Uh, that's principle one. Principle two, if you can from there, try to get more and more senses involved. Uh, because as you do that, you will be activating more and more areas of your brain and you'll be building more and more connections in your mind to the information, making it easier to retrieve it later. So if people ever want to check it out at some point i started an episode of pbs's nova science Uh, it was that that episode was titled how smart can we get it might be easier to just google chester santos and and pbs if you want to watch it for free on their website but if people do look at it they'll see me performing some crazy memory feats 
Then I trained David Pogue. People probably also know David Pogue from CBS News and from the New York Times. He's a correspondent for the technology industry. I trained him and he was able to perform some cool memory feats after just a little bit of training. Next, they had some brain scientists Mm-hmm. come on the show, neuroscientists come on and say, okay, please explain for the viewers watching at home, how in the world did Chester do that? How did David Hogue do it with just a little training from Chester? And they confirmed that it's because with these techniques that I've mastered over the years and that we'll discuss a little bit during the interview today, we're recruiting extra areas of the brain, mm-hmm. areas of the brain that most people never involve when trying to commit things to memory. We're recruiting more of the brain to help us That's why it's easier. That's why it becomes so easy, actually, to remember. And part of that is learning to use more senses. So that's the second principle. Okay, that makes sense. I I remember when I was in school, I would have to memorize like all the states in a country or all the countries in Western Europe. And I would take the first letter and then I would make a song out of the first letters and remember a pattern. And then I would sing that song and it would help me remember that country. You know, it's absolutely amazing how you do. So I want to learn some more. Um, Winchester, when are our brains working the best? Because you know there's times when you're exhausted, uh, or I know there's times I'm exhausted, and and I can't remember somebody's name, but then I wake up the next morning and my mind's fresh, and it's just, uh, it it can pick those up. Um, Is there a time, like, or things you do when you are exhausted to help boost your your brain power during those times when you feel fatigued and exhausted and, and, and you can't think as well as you normally do? Yeah. So as far as the time, it's going to be different for each particular individual. Mm-hmm. So some people feel much sharper in the morning. They're just morning people. Their brains operate better. Uh, and that t- during that time period, but others actually think much better and more clearly at night. I'm one of those people. Okay. So I think it really depends on the individual. What's probably just very important is to try and identify which type of person you are and, you know, try to tailor your schedule around that, or at least things that are going to be very demanding in terms of your mental energy. I drink coffee, you know, it's a mental stimulant. We know that caffeine is a mental stimulant. I don't necessarily recommend that for everyone, but when I, the, the U.S., as I said, I'm more of a nighttime person in terms of my mental clarity, but the United States memory championship starts at 8 Mm a.m., so I would have to drink uh, a lot of coffee to really get myself going for that competition. Uh, it's not my area necessarily vitamins, nutrition, but V B vitamins are known to be important for mental energy and concentration. Definitely. If you're deficient in B vitamins, you're more likely to experience brain fog. So that's another tip for people though. I, again, it's not the nutrition is not necessarily my area. It's more of the techniques that people can learn. Do you, can you tell us about a time or times when you were just absolutely exhausted and you felt like your, your brain wasn't as clear and, and maybe it's just coffee. Is there anything else that you did to kind of boost that, that, uh, memorization to make sure you performed well? Yeah. So, uh, movement is very good. Get your body moving. So I will often memorize things while walking around uh, okay. my apartments. That's what, how I memorized the United States Congress. Um, aerobic activity actually combined with uh, learning can be beneficial 
there is a whole field of research into this as far as how physical activity mm-hmm. actually aids in learning and memory. So that's something else I would recommend that might help you. How about sleep? What type of sleep do you do you recommend? And then do you sleep schedule do you have that works really well for you and your memory? So sleep is incredibly important. Lack of sleep is one of the top three memory killers. So mm-hmm. in the short term, your brain can recover from uh, not uh, from not getting enough sleep. But if it's uh, over the long term, if it keeps happening, it's going to have a longer term impact and a, a more of a negative impact on your memory and learning ability. As far as how many hours, again, unique to each individual. I think the general uh, recommended time for most of adults is seven to eight. I like to get a little bit more than that, eight to nine. Um, but I definitely prioritize sleep because I know it's very, very important for learning and memory. In fact, it helps consolidate uh, information into your long-term memory. It is one of the current theories as to why we sleep. So believe it or not, as of today, No one has the definitive answer as to why humans sleep, Mm -hmm. but some scientists do think that part of it has to do with the consolidation of important information that we need for our survival uh, into long-term memory. So that does happen while you are sleeping. Information will go from uh, short-term memory and transfer into long-term memory. Right. I've heard this before. Maybe you can confirm it. We actually learn when we sleep, like we practice something, we create a neural pathway. And then when we sleep it, like you mentioned, it turns into long-term memory. Does that sound right? Exactly. It solidifies it into long-term memory. So one thing I actually do uh, recommend as kind of a, I guess, a a learning hack is if it's something that I need to know uh, it's important and I need to learn it quickly, I definitely try to do my reviews right before I go to sleep because I'm telling my brain this is something important that I need to get into long-term memory and your brain will process it overnight. So you'll, a lot of times you'll find you wake up, you know, the information better than you did the day before without any additional reviews. It's because your brain was processing the information while you were sleeping. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I can see that when memorizing 4,000 pieces of data for the Congress, uh, and senators, but but what about like memorizing a deck of cards in 90 seconds? What's the strategy you use for that? Yeah, so you're going to need to master those three main principles. We, we went over visuals, additional senses. Uh, we didn't yet cover the third principle, yeah, and that is that. Yeah. the third principle is while you are seeing and experiencing these things in your mind, you also tr- want to try to make it all crazy, unusual, extraordinary in some way. So I had mentioned, you know, visualizing maybe a white rabbit for Alice in Wonderland to remind you of the name Alice, but maybe, you know, it's a gigantic white rabbit like you would never expect to see in real life. Maybe it has some uh, sort of crazy smells. Maybe it starts to change colors. Make it strange because there is a psychological aspect to human memory. Okay. And that is we all tend to remember things with little to no effort at all we tend to remember things that catch us by surprise, right? That are extraordinary in some way. If Chris, in the room that you're in, if an elephant right now at this moment crashed into the room and started spraying water all over you with its trunk, if that really happened right now, you'd probably remember it forever. Even 30 years from now. Yeah. 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 Even 30, 40 (laughs) years from now, you'll, you'll be telling people at dinner, 
okay, you, here's one of the craziest things that ever happened on my podcast. I had a memory guy on there during the interview, an elephant crashed into the room. So without any effort, again, to commit it to memory, and I think a lot of people, if they think about it, will realize that's the case. Just realizing that we can harness that aspect to human memory and apply it to things that would be very beneficial to remember people's names, to get more out of business networking, to build better relationships in general, presentations, facts and figures to better demonstrate your expertise. Memory really is a fundamental part of learning. So it's going to have many benefits uh, across many areas of your life when you improve your ability to remember things. So I wanted to touch on that principle. Once you've mastered the three principles, then you can go on to more complex things like memorizing decks of playing cards. But to do that, you're going to also need to start to learning very specific techniques. Uh, one we'll go over when we go through the interactive exercise. Okay. The three principles again, can you just say them one more time so we remember them? Yeah. Quick review, visualization. Uh -huh. uh, turn what you want to remember into something you can picture in your mind. Okay. Number two, from there, try to involve as many additional senses as you can. Okay. Because then without realizing it, you're activating so much more of your brain. Okay. Third and final principle is while you are seeing and experiencing the stuff in your mind, try to make it weird, extraordinary, unusual in some way because of that psychological aspect, human memory. We tend to remember those things with little to no effort. So we could say VSU, visualization, senses, and unusual type of experience, right? Sure. Okay, Yeah. cool. Okay, so we got our three steps. Okay. One thing I wanted, do you want to, should we go through the exercise now? Sure, yeah. I think it's a good time now that we've covered what those three principles are. We can now apply them to committing things to memory very quickly. So I'm going to have you... Chris, I'm going to use you as the guinea pig. It's up okay. to you whether or not you want to do the recall. It's fine if you don't, but I'd like people that watch or listen to the podcast later to just give it a try. Let's I think it. it's going to, it's I think it's going to help them out a lot. So, you're going to try to memorize this long random list of words. It will be monkey, iron, rope, kite, house, paper, shoe, worm, envelope, pencil, river, rock, tree, cheese, and dollar. Now, Usually when I rattle that off, if it's, a, if it's a live audience and I can look at people's faces, I can see people look at me as if I'm crazy at this uh -huh. point. They think there's no way, <laughs> they think there's no way they'll be able to remember that. Not unless uh -huh. I give them a long time to do it. And if someone were to attempt that, what would they normally do? They would want to write out that list of words over and over again, right? They would want mm -hmm. to recite it over and over again or read the list over and over again wrote memory until they drilled into their head, but that you are not making the most efficient use of your brain there. It's going to be more, it's going to be pretty boring with that approach, more difficult and it, and it won't, the memory won't last for very long. Instead, we're going to be more efficient in using our brain and incorporate the three principles that I talked about. So I'm going to guide you through a story a visual here and just do your best to visualize what I described to you. That's it. Everybody hopefully will follow along. First word was monkey. So I just want you to visualize a monkey. All right. See this monkey in your minds and try maybe even to hear the monkey. So you can see the monkey and it's making monkey noises. 
whatever a monkey would sound like. Um, Can I say real real quick, Chester? (laughs) Just want to say something for the listeners. I know a lot of you are in a cryptocurrency. If you want to memorize your cryptocurrency key code, this is the the part of the podcast to pay attention to. So go ahead, Chester. Okay, monkey. Definitely could be applied to that and and much more. So see this monkey Uh dancing around, making monkey noises. It now picks up a gigantic iron, maybe like you would iron your clothes with. Okay. So just see this monkey dancing around with this giant iron. The iron starts to fall, but a rope attaches itself to the iron. Maybe okay. even feel the rope. Maybe it feel feels sort of rough. Mm-hmm. All right. You look up the rope. You see that the other end of the rope is attached to a kite. It's flying around in the air. Maybe you reach up and try and touch that kite. The kite you see now crashes into the side of a house. Really see it smash into that house. Picture that. You notice now the house is covered in paper. For some weird reason, it's covered in paper. That was the next word I had given. Just see that in your mind, all of the paper. Out of nowhere, a shoe appears, and it starts to walk all over the paper. Maybe it's messing it up as it's walking on it, that shoe. The shoe smells pretty badly, so you decide to investigate and see why. You look inside of the shoe, and you find a smelly worm crawling around inside that shoe really see that worm crawling the worm now jumps out of the shoe and into an envelope maybe it's going to mail itself or something i don't know but envelope was the next word okay a pencil appears out of thin air now and it starts to write all over that envelope maybe it's addressing it that pencil Really see that pencil. The pencil now jumps into a river and there's a huge splash like you would never expect to see when it hits the river. The river is crashing up against a giant rock. Really see that rock. The rock flies out of the river. It crashes into a tree. See the tree? This tree is growing cheese. You probably haven't seen a tree like that. This is growing (laughs) cheese. And out of the cheese shoots a dollar. A dollar shoots out of the cheese. Really see this dollar shoot out there. Maybe even feel the dollar. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was it. Now I'm going to run through this again in about 20, 30 seconds. Just replay through the story that you've created in your mind. We had a monkey was dancing around with what? It was dancing around with an iron. Mm -hmm. Something attached to the iron. What did you feel? It was a rope. Mm -hmm. The other end of the rope was attached to what? It was a Kite. kite. The kite crashed into the house, house. made of what paper. What was the house covered in? It was covered in paper. Yeah. Uh-huh. What walked on that paper? It was a shoe. Something was crawling in the shoe. It was a worm. worm. The worm jumped into the envelope. envelope. What wrote on the envelope? It was a pencil. a pencil. The pencil jumped into the river. river. The river crashed into the rock. rock. That flew into a tree, tree, which was growing cheese. cheese. And what came out? A dollar. A dollar. Cheesy dollar. So now, yeah, so now it should be pretty easily easy to recall the entire random list of words by simply playing through the story in your mind. Each major object that you see will give you the next random word. Uh, Chris, it's up to you if you want to give it a try. Yes, Hopefully, of course. Awesome. And then people that are, are listening or watching later can see how well they do. Okay. This isn't your cryptocurrency key, is it, Chester? You're giving away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. We have a monkey and the monkey, uh, so I'll just say the words, monkey, iron, rope, kite, house, paper, shoe, worm, envelope, pencil, river, rock, uh, tree, cheese, dollar. 
100 percent. that was yeah. that was awesome chris thank that you that was awesome so <laughs> you you did really well they're under pressure i just sprung that on uh-huh. you in the in the middle of the interview so really well done i'm sure if people give it a try later on they could also do it backwards pretty easily oh, yeah wow okay. as well um this technique that everyone's learned is just is called the story method okay Okay. The story method is just one of many techniques that memory champions like myself uh, use to pull off what might at first seem like crazy, you know, or extraordinary memory feats. So they've had me, as you know, over the years on a lot of different TV shows, Science Channel, Discovery Channel, a bunch of different news programs. Uh, most recently, it was BBC World News on their talking business show to talk about uh, memory techniques and business uh, applications. Mm-hmm. There's nothing different though about my brain. So they'll have me come on, perform a feat, then give tips for viewers at home. But there's nothing different about my brain compared to anyone else's. Wow. I've just learned these types of techniques that are powerful and effective. And I've put in, you know, a li- the training and practice just a little bit really goes a long way yeah. in terms of memory skills development. Absolutely. Is is that what you would use to memorize a deck of cards, that method, the story method? You you very well could use the story method. You just mm-hmm. need one intermediate step, and that is you need to learn to take something abstract, like a playing card or a number sequence, and turn that abstract piece of information into a concrete image. So okay. you do need to learn a system. It only takes about one hour to learn mm-hmm. that system. Uh, and then you can apply it to playing cards, numbers, really anything that is going to be uh, at first difficult to turn into an image. So people can learn that in my online memory school. We can talk about that later on, but that's something I do cover in my school if you want to learn that in detail. Uh, unfortunately, in a short interview like this, it's too much because it, it does take a, a minimum of one hour to really start learning that one. Okay, that makes sense. What are, what are if you could just tell us briefly, another type of method for memorization? Yeah, so something else that people could use, and it's something I would recommend more when it's a very large body of data, something like thousands of p- pieces of information like about Congress, the Congress Senate, or, yeah. even, or even a deck of playing cards very, very quickly, I would use something called the journey method. Um, That's what modern memorizers like myself often refer to it as it this technique originated with the ancient Greeks. Mm -hmm. It was known as the method of loci, L-O-C-I. It was also used by the Roman orders a little bit later in history. They were able to give speeches hours in length from memory without notes. The famous order Cicero used this very technique. So All of the principles we talked about earlier will apply, but instead of building a story, we will come up with imagery that reminds us of what we want to remember, and we will mentally link that imagery to locations from our environment, locations that we're very familiar with. So you could use locations from your current residence, maybe other residences that you own, vacation home. Could be places you've been on vacation, could be schools that you've attended, places that you just frequent often in your city, like a, maybe a mall or grocery store, anywhere where you can just in your mind systematically think of the locations, like just the, the entrance, you know, uh-huh. the where is the cereal, where is the meat, where is the dairy products, right? If you can bring that up in your minds, those locations in order, you can then use those locations to store images that you want to remember. So then when you need to recall the hundreds of pieces of information later, 
you will just take a mental walk through that area that mm -hmm. you're familiar with. The images that you've stored there will come back to you and remind you of all of that uh, information that you were trying to remember. This People may have also heard of this referred to as the memory palace technique, okay. Okay. although that is technically a little bit different in that memory palaces tend to be imaginary places that you're making up in your minds. Mm -hmm. I would I would start out with using real world places um, that you're familiar with when you want to learn this journey method. I like that. That makes sense. Chester, let's talk about how we can apply this for business because we have a lot of entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs that listen to the podcast. Um, and the first thing that kind of stands out for me is how do you make yourself memorable? Like for you, you have this awesome talent. Um, how, like if you go to a networking event or to a party or a conference and there's people you want to connect with, like how, how do you make yourself memorable while engaging with others? So when people leave, they don't think, oh, who's that attorney or who's that podcast guy? They just, they know based on a brief interaction with you. Yeah. So I would say one of the best ways and one of the ways uh, in which um, it's not only going to make you memorable, but just very, very impressive to people is to develop your memory skills in various ways. So when I mm -hmm. hit on the business benefits, all of those benefits are going to serve to make you more memorable to people in the business world. Because if we're really honest with ourselves, the average business person nowadays doesn't work on their memory at all. And is Fair. actually and as actually losing their memory ability um, because we're becoming uh, very dependent on electronic devices. So our mm -hmm. phones and other electronic devices, um, because the average, per for instance, a lot of people nowadays can't even remember one phone number. Really, if you give them one number, <laughs> they feel paralyzed. It's getting uh -huh. so bad that there are a lot of people out there that don't even know their own phone number, right? Whereas we used to all remember the phone numbers of so many friends, family members. I remember growing up, my parents would give me emergency numbers mm -hmm. that they thought were important for me to know. We all used to be able to do that, right? But nowadays, really, some people don't even know their own phone number. Another quick example, navigation. You have people that have been driving in a city for you know, three plus years, but if something's wrong with the GPS, yeah. app, if something's wrong, something's wrong with the network connection in that particular area, uh -huh. they just need to drive around for a while until they can catch a signal or pull over, restart their phone. Yeah, It's kind of sad, you know, after having lived in a city or driven in a city for, for many years that you might not even know some commonly, uh, you know, some landmarks that people should know right so yeah. those are just some quick examples of the use it or lose it principle as it applies to memory but what this creates is a very big business opportunity if you'll work on your memory skills to even a small degree people notice it a lot so mm -hmm. if you go to a, a business meeting for instance and uh you know at the end of the meeting you know the names of all 15 people there it, which would be really a, a piece of cake with a little bit of memory training. I, I name hundreds of people at conferences to open. Um, if you were to name those 15 people or say goodbye to them, you know, oh, it was nice to meet you, John, or, you know, it was great to meet you, Nancy. I hope things go well. And also remember their companies and, mm -hmm. and things about them. Eyes will be on you. You know, yeah. people are probably going to be commenting about you later on. Wow. Chris is, you know, he's a very impressive guy. He knows his stuff. He's, also, the perception is that you're you're intelligent. I mean, now, whether or not there's a direct link 
between memory and intelligence is kind of still up for debate. Certain psychological researches, research says absolutely there is a direct correlation. Others says maybe, others says maybe not. Mm-hmm. Whether or not there is doesn't really matter. What matters in business is the perception, and people definitely perceive you to be more intelligent. They're going to have more confidence in you and your abilities when you can demonstrate memory skills and also when you can actually show that you know your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more impressive. So I should mention, I hope I don't sound, um, uh, uh, maybe I'm, I'm going to sound a little bit extreme, but just keep in mind and that it's because of what I do. Okay. Um, I've had to hire lots of professionals over the years, attorneys, tech people, PR people. Uh, I've had to hire many types of professionals for different projects to help me further my business. And if I meet with someone and they answer a lot of my questions with, you know, uh, yeah, I've done a little bit of work in that area, but let me do a little bit of research and come back to you. And throughout the whole meeting, they're looking through notes uh, the whole time. They Mm -hmm. don't really uh, know a lot about me. And this is one that's particularly annoyed me a lot over the years. They don't really know um, about my particular fields. Yeah. And what I'm doing, they haven't demonstrated un- any understanding of my business. I will definitely never hire that person. Wow, that's that's where, a good that's a good tell. That's a good way to to yeah. This is really good. Go ahead. Sorry. Where, whereas, I hope that doesn't sound bad, but I'm just being uh-huh. honest about about things. Whereas other times when I've met with someone and just my imp- my overall impression was, wow, they really know their stuff. Like clearly, this is the the expert. Um, then in certain cases. I've actually gone out of my way to pay a little bit more than I originally budgeted for that particular project work because, hey, I want the person that impressed me. I want the person that clearly knows their field and also through maintaining eye contact with me Mm -hmm. and just saying, Chester, I read about you, the fact that you did this and you've done this and I know that you work with these people and with with students, this is what you're doing With, with executives, this is what you're doing when they demonstrate they did that research they're not just looking through a bunch of notes i just really appreciate that a lot and that's more the person i'm going to hire so uh, a little bit of memory skills development will allow you to do that as an entrepreneur Uh, really whatever field you're in you can become more impressive and more memorable to people if you will work on your memory skills yeah, it also shows that you care, right? If if you can memorize those fifteen people in the business room in the business meeting, or you show up and you've remembered everything about this person that uh, is trying to sell you sell you something, then they think, oh, this person really they come prepared, right? They did their homework, they made sure they showed up, and they know everything about me. Of course, I'm gonna want to invest in this person and surround myself with them. Definitely, a little and a little bit goes a long way because really, from my experience. Most people are not doing that. They really just, uh, you know, I want someone that's a cut above the rest, I guess, basically when I'm looking, when I'm looking to hire someone. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I think that's a fantastic business point. What else can we do as, as business people and entrepreneurs, Chester, to, to use memory to help us become better business people? Yeah. So remembering names, we hit on a little bit. This is not only going to help you to get more out of business networking. So if you Mm -hmm. run into someone that you had previously met and you have no idea what their name is and what they do for a living, you're just not getting the maximum benefits for sure from business networking, but also really just business and personal relationships in 
general, right? So this could apply if maybe you're a manager or you are a CEO. You want to try to remember the names, at least uh, as many as you can, of people in your department, people that you work uh, that work for you. Uh, you know, their their family members, maybe things they like, their interests, mm-hmm. because it just shows more that you care about them as a person. Now, when you're not uh, calling people by the correct name, this can be very detrimental to business relationships. <laughs> so I should mention that that's actually the main reason why I quit my first job out of college. Uh, it's because more after more than a year of working there, there were people that were still calling me by the wrong name. Oh, wow. So I was really uh, upset by that. Um, another example, someone came up to me after one of my presentations, wanted me to tell the story to benefit others in the future. He was in sales and they have uh, an event that's just once or twice a year. And at this event, he had accidentally been calling the vice president of sales by the wrong name. I think he, I think he was calling him by a similar name, uh-huh. but it wasn't the correct name. So the vice president wrote to his manager and said, look, you know, in sales, uh, we really need to be good at names. So this guy, he's got to go. This, this was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so that though, that's kind of an extreme example there again, maybe, but. Uh, it can be detrimental to business relationships if you're not remembering people's names or maybe even worse, calling them by the wrong name. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you're remembering people's names, things about them, it helps to foster uh, further relationships, deepen relationships. One of the, the challenges I come up with is like I go to a big conference and I'm, I'm very social, so I like to talk to quite a few people. Um, and it's, it's a challenge to remember everybody. That's why we have name tags at conferences, right? So we don't have to, so it makes it easier. Any, any like little hacks or strategies that you have, Chester, that, that people, when they're at conferences or networking events, and and maybe the story method is a good one. I don't know, but to remember like the person, what they do in their company when memorizing, say you have to meet 20 to 30 to 50 people in a weekend to keep those people fresh in your mind. Yeah. So we, we hit on briefly the visual, but let me give you some more tips and really how you will end up uh, in uh, practical, I guess, situations, um, how you will give yourself the time to come up with that visual. So -hmm. I'll give you four steps quickly, and then I'll link that also to remembering uh, more than the name, but the company and, and, and whatever else. So I recommend everyone go through these four steps. Step number one, whenever you're introduced to someone, make it a point to immediately repeat the name if you can and shake their hand or maybe with the pandemic, elbow bump. Um, but, <laughs> but um, you know, repeat the name. So if you're introduced to someone named John, nice to meet you, John, or pleased to meet you, John. It may be, it may seem obvious, but a lot of times when someone is introducing them, themselves to us, our mind is all over the place, yeah. right? We're thinking about a lot of other things. We don't pay attention to the name, but that first step forces you to pay attention for at least one second. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you could say nice to meet you, John, or pleased to meet you, John, right? So start getting into that habit. Eventually, it's going to be uh, second nature. You'll be doing it automatically. Step number two, just ask a question using the name early on in the interaction. So John, what brings you to this conference? Or John, how long have you known uh, Chris? Mm -hmm. That's it. I want to clarify, I don't mean use the name over and over again to where it might seem a little bit weird. Uh, at some point, but really just use it once early on. It's going to reinforce the name, prevent it from just going in one ear and out the other ear. Step three, 
take a few seconds or less to think of a connection between the name and anything at all that you already know. So John, maybe think of John Lennon. It could be, mm-hmm. you know, somebody famous. It could be a character from a TV show or movie that you like that has the same name. Could be something as simple as you have a friend or family member that has that same name. But thinking of a connection between the name and literally anything at all that you already know is really going to help that name stick better in your mind. Step number four, whenever you leave the meeting, the conference, whatever type of function it might be, say goodbye to people actually using their name. It was great to meet you, John, (laughs) or I hope to see you again sometime, John, but use that name one last time before you leave them. It's going to go a long way toward helping you remember those names more in the long term. So those four steps Everybody listening to the podcast can put those into practice, you know, right away. It won't take too much effort. I would then later try to combine those with the visual. So I mentioned maybe a mic for a microphone for the name Mike. You want to also ideally link that image to something unique about the person's look. So you're meeting someone, ask yourself, what's unique about their look? Ah, I think this guy has cooler, unique looking hair. I might then, if his name's Mike, imagine that the microphone is getting tangled up in his hair. It sounds a, it sounds a little bit weird, right? And then works. you can involve more senses from there if you wanted to, to, to activate more of the brain. But it's very powerful and effective. The next time you see someone that you met at the conference, all you have to do is ask yourself, what is unique to you about their look? What you personally noticed before is very likely what you are personally going to notice again, mm-hmm. the hair and the, the, the mic that you put there will come instantly back to you. Just takes a little bit of training and practice. It's how I name hundreds of people uh, in the audience after hearing each name just one time at conferences. Now, if you want to add more like the company, hobbies, you will then just build a mini story starting with the image for the name. So if Mike works for Nike, I might imagine that the microphone is going into a Nike shoe, some kind of fancy looking mm-hmm. Nike sneaker, maybe. If he likes to play golf, maybe after the microphone jumps into the shoe, a golf club bursts out of it. So you build <laughs> just a, a mini story, and it will be so easy to run through that story in your head. You can do it in just a few seconds, and it's going to give you all of the information about the person in, in addition to their name. That's amazing. So Chester, we talked about earlier, we talked about some of the habits you have to help you keep your brain fresh and stay healthy. Always like to ask the guests high performance habits uh, or daily rituals that they have in their life. So you mentioned sleep, you try to get a little bit more than seven or eight hours a night. Um, Anything else that you do on a daily basis to keep your mind fresh um, and make sure your memory stays really strong? Yeah, so I will give another thing in terms, again, nutrition is not necessarily my area, but just based on my own personal research that I've done over the years, wanting to be in tip-top shape in terms of memory now for my career, needing to do that opening, naming hundreds of people, and do some other memory demonstrations nowadays, and, and just wanting to always be on top of my personal and professional developments Um, I really believe in the concept that a healthy body equals a healthy mind. So Mm -hmm. if you are not getting 
the daily recommended vitamins and minerals through your diet may be considered a multivitamin. I hit on already that B vitamins are important for mental energy and concentration. Also, fish oil is very important for proper brain function. Um, we know that we need omega-3, we need omega-3 fatty acids for mm -hmm. proper brain function. So if you're not getting it through uh, fish in your diet, maybe look into fish oil or I think flaxseed oil also has omega-3s. Anything with omega-3s, consider that. So that's a little bit more on the nutrition front. And also just when you are interested in learning something, developing a new skill, just get started right away. So I like one of my favorite quotes is you don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to eventually become great. Right. Right. So that's something, you know, that I have gotten into the habit of doing. If something sparks my interest, I sign up for the course, you know, it, it just encouraged me. It, it encourages me to at least get started. I'm currently working on Russian just doing 30 minutes a day, that's it, but trying to be consistent doing it every day. And now, you know, I'm dating a, a Russian girl and her friends and family are just so, their mind is blown whenever, uh, you know, they meet with me because they're not used to someone uh, from America learning Russian so so quickly. But it's just, right. I, just got, I just got started and I'm just consistent 30 minutes a day. I think it could even be as little as 10 minutes a day, but as long as you are, are consistent in doing it every day. So that's another, I think, recommendation I would give in terms of peak performance. Of course, languages are a little bit easier for me because I have those memory skills to memorize the new vocabulary, but um, anyone can develop new skills if they'll just get started. How long does it take you to, to learn a language? So really, I am good at exactly what I what I teach other people. Uh, uh -huh. So I'm very I'm very quick at memorizing new vocabulary words and short phrases okay. due to being able to commit them to memory. And that's something I cover in my online school as well. I, I teach you Korean in the online school, about wow. how to apply the skills to any foreign language. So I'm good at that, which is why I speak a little bit of many different languages. Mm -hmm but I haven't become at least not totally fluent in anything other than English. I'm, I'm getting better and better with Russian for sure though, because there's more than just memory to, yeah. to learning a language. There's learning the rules of grammar, uh, which is uh, a bit different than just straight up memorizing vocabulary words. And also the main issue that I have is the pronunciation. So yeah. I remember the word, but there are certain sounds in other language in other languages that we don't even have in English. Right. Yeah. So getting my like mouth tongue position, um, it, that, that, that's the, the that's, that's the hard one part. of the, that's one of the main uh, parts that I have difficulty with, but you'll have an advantage if you have a good memory in terms of learning languages. I would agree. I, I use like the 80, 20 principle to learn Spanish and Portuguese both. And there's a, so many sounds that they have that we don't use or a sound like the R in English does not sound like the same sound in Spanish or Portuguese or Latin based languages. So yeah. it's a lot of tricky, tricky things to jiggle your brain. This has been fantastic, Chester. I've really appreciated you sharing all the information that you have 
And uh, as soon as we finish the podcast, I'm going to memorize my cryptocurrency key because I don't like writing it down in places. And and so I'll have that. But I think uh, this has been a great show for a lot of people out there that can really help up their game with memorization, networking, learning new strategies for business, learning new details about the people in their lives. So I think that's absolutely fantastic. If we want to learn more about what you have going on, Chester, where's the best place that the listeners can do that at? Yeah, so the best place to go would be memoryschool.net. I would visualize maybe a giant fishing net to remember that it's .net. So memoryschool.net is the URL for my training website. It's an entire online school. You'll learn how to improve your memory in general, how to, you'll learn that number system that we couldn't get on, uh, get into in great detail today. You'll learn how to memorize names. I will actually simulate introducing you to people with an online slideshow. Mm -hmm. So you really develop those skills. You'll do sample presentations. Uh, You'll learn how to apply it to training material. If you wanna fuel your professional development, uh, exam material for kids, if you have any kids or grandkids in school, that's just the core training. There's advanced training and and more training uploaded every month. There is a $200 enrollment fee and then a monthly access fee after that, which you can Uh, opt out of at any time. So it's like a membership. You can uh, unsubscribe at any time once you've developed your your memory skills to a great degree. What I did for your listeners, I set up code Chris. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know how many people from your audience would necessarily be interested, but I did set code Chris to be valid for 50 uses. So as long as so as long as you end up being one of the first 50 people to use code Chris, it should end up setting the enrollment fee to zero dollars instead of 200 so that should help people to get started should help people to get started if they are interested that's amazing chester uh, again i want to thank you so much for coming on the show sharing all those tips and tricks i know i'll use them for sure i'm sure plenty of the listeners will use those as well and uh thank you so much my friend i really appreciate it thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it and listeners we're going to wrap up there thank you guys for tuning in once again and we'll see you on the next episode goodbye everybody hey listeners thanks for joining us once again we wanted to remind you about our high performance productivity coaching and our six seven and eight figure private masterminds these are all designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to help you scale rapidly and grow Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. That's thebusinessmethod.com. And we'll see you all on the next episode.